get things started with how to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement presented by tribe74.com. Did I scare you, Andrew? Did I scare you? <laughs> Rob, are you ready for, for some ghosts and ghouls tonight? Well, it's almost Halloween, so why oh, not? Yes. Welcome oh, to our Halloween yes. special. Halloween special here on how to survive the modern world. At, uh, it's kind of scary and creepy, and not just because it's you and I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, can you take that mask off, please? <laughs> it's not a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh man at least hey hey at least i i wore clothes today so thankfully i mean you could always mute my video but yeah so what, what's on the show tonight rob well we're Clearly going to Halloween. Talk, it's going to be a scary spooky theme we're going to talk about uh a couple great fun horror themed halloween themed movies that uh, we've watched recently followed up we're gonna have some discussion about something called the hilarious house of frightenstein it might only be a short discussion Yep. And we're going to talk about some classic horror celebrities. And then we're going to select who is the most badass monster. Oh, and maybe yes. we'll talk about our favorite version of each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, here we go. Yeah. So let's get on with this scary ride. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. That's just cringeworthy and creepy. <laughs> I loved it though. It was perfect. <laughs> Anyway, Andrew, well, why don't you tell me about one of the movies that you selected to yeah, uh, watch? For sure. So I was going for movies that are maybe a little out of the box when it comes to Halloween. I didn't want to go with the typical horror movies. So I, I went looking for stuff that I've actually never seen before because there has to be other good horror movies since the 80s. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I thought a good movie to start on was I watched The Right. So it's a, a 2011 movie. It's an Anthony Hopkins movie. I thought with that, I, I would probably find gold. Okay. It's a movie about well, exorcism. Well, one second before we go too far, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure because of today's her, you know political climate right we should we should state that the right is spelled r-i-t-e oh. and not the right r-i-g-h-t to you know prevent oh, anybody the, from being triggered right. you know if, from us talking about something that is r-i-g-h-t is that a trigger word well you know the right leaning conservatives oh okay yeah i i don't Donald this Trump. is not I mean, a political movie could be a horror movie, quite it, honestly. Politi right. Politics are horror. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So I just wanted to clarify yeah, no, that before we got it, too deep in here. It's about the Catholic Church. It's about exorcism. And, and really, the one thing that kind of grabbed me about it was there was more about the true horror of man than, than exorcism. Yes. Yes, they were doing exorcism. But, you know, there was some stuff just about people that that actually seemed a little bit worse so it starts out with kind of our our main character michael who's a mortician and he well i mean he's he's tired of working with death and his 
only way out is to actually join the seminary to get uh, to get his education and because he couldn't couldn't afford the education otherwise he didn't have the money his father didn't have the money and nor his father didn't want him to to leave either so essentially he joins the seminary he's ready to to actually leave the seminary after obtaining his education and and he's forced into taking this this course in exorcism otherwise they're going to make him repay his all his school loans which is upwards of a hundred thousand dollars anyway he moves along and is introduced to anthony hopkins who is a working exorcist with the catholic church now who in his, interest, his own right is creepy as hell you no know, matter what yeah, he does exactly <laughs> exactly so you know and i guess this is where you actually things get a little creepy from the human side so he's actually doing michael is observing his first exorcism and it's from a 60 year old girl that's pregnant she's become uh who's become possessed but the reason that she's actually become possessed is that her that her father is actually impregnated impregnated her impregnated her there you go <laughs> and and just left her at the side of the road and so while she's you know truly messed up in the head that this kind of opens up the the opportunity for a demon to, to actually move move in so and then throughout the whole thing they are exercising the the demon out of her and during this process anthony hopkins the exorcist he becomes possessed himself and Intriguing. you know i'll be honest i i was i was really hoping for more from the the movie it you know it, once anthony hopkins became possessed then it got a little bit creepy but it was such a small portion of the movie. Like, honestly, probably the last half hour was, was that. And it, it, was, it was a long walk to get there. A lot of buildup and very little payoff. No, exactly. You know, yeah. I do always find the religious element that there can often be a spooky aspect to it because it's so close to so many people's hearts and and the fact that that you're taught that this is that this is true and, and not not only like this movie is actually based on actual characters from the catholic church they they have exorcists and I, I, and they were saying that they needed even more i do feel that a lot of times when they when they kind of mash the religious and the true story aspects together that the movies tend to have a very very long build up and they rely on your on your belief or your faith in say, whatever particular religion that is and then i always find that it's kind of a letdown in the end it just it doesn't feel like it's kind of it it, it doesn't feel as the ending is usually as intense i just found that in a few movies like the the exorcism of emily rose or anything like that where there's a lot of religious uh kind of weighing in yeah, yeah yeah i just find sometimes and maybe I, I don't think it's because i'm not religious i just think that sometimes it just seems a little like they're relying on you to truly not believe in the unnatural 
to believe their story and to make it, I guess, more tense for you. Yeah, like the only tense parts were because they started to play spooky music, and all all of a sudden it gives that like, boo. Yeah, the, the jump scare. Get, yeah, 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 they throw in the jump scare, and yeah, that that's the only thing that I found that was scary about it. I'm not. I'm not even sure it, you know, belonged in the horror genre, quite honestly. But I suppose when you're dealing with demons, I just would have liked to seen a little bit more demon. Well, Hollywood likes to play the thriller over horror, you know. So yeah, if, it, if a movie isn't quite horror, then oh yeah, it's actually a thriller. Thriller, yeah, right, a thriller. Right, right. Yeah. How about you? What uh, what have well, you been watching, man? So I have uh, watched a movie called Us. And it was directed and written by Jordan Peele, who's of Get Out fame, as well as I believe is like Mad TV or In Living Color back in the day. Probably Mad TV. Right. Famous funny guy. And I guess Peele and Key is a show that he's uh, involved with as well. Great actor. Phenomenal director. Get Out was, was a huge, huge success. Us apparently was a pretty big success as well and premiered at South by Southwest. Yeah, I came across it when I was looking for movies and, and honestly almost pressed on it. So yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It, nothing that I expected it to be. It was a great performance by, by everybody involved. Uh, it was obviously an African-American centric film. And I think that's what they're kind of presenting that as the same thing as with Get Out. This film here was interesting in that it was about a girl named Addie who back in the 80s or whatever, she was out on a night with her parents at the boardwalk in Santa Cruz and she wanders away and enters a fun house and she encounters a doppelganger in the house of mirrors. So a doppelganger is basically a different version of yourself, like a twin version of yourself but isn't actually yourself or a, a real twin. <laughs> I, right. I don't know a good way to explain that, but somebody look, that looks just like you. Yeah. And, uh, and then it kind of jumps to modern day and she's with her family. She's got uh, two children, a boy and a girl and a husband, and they just happen to be traveling back to Santa Cruz for a vacation, uh, a cottage vacation and her family wants to go to the beach. Well, she, of course, has trepidation about the beach. She doesn't want to go back to the beach because of what had happened back in 1986. So they get there. And, of course, she finds, she she sees that the, uh, the fun house is still there, but she doesn't go in it. And anyway, she just has this sense of foreboding during the whole time that they're there. Well, everything bad happened in the 80s. So, yes, I, I understand. And, and everything, everything, all these little things are trigger events that happened while she was at the beach and all that stuff that just made her think, oh my goodness, you know, the same thing is, you know, something's happening. So, you know, the, the little girl from her, from her encounter, her doppelganger is going to come and get her or something like that. So what ends up happening is they're sitting in the house and somebody looks out the window and there's four people standing at the edge of the driveway of their cottage and just standing there. And so the dad, the father, her husband goes outside and ask the people to leave and they don't leave and they just stand there well eventually what happens is that these people attack the family and mm. it's doppelgangers they're all doppelgangers of the entire family so there's one end but they're all like these extremely different personalities and they call them what they call the tethered so it's like the the concept is that these creatures these doppelgangers these monsters whatever you want to say were raised in a different like raised in a nightmare realm, but they're the exact same and they, they act and look the same and, and their actions are all the same, except that it's almost like they're stuck in a, 
they're tethered to the real life components, but they don't have all of the amazing, you know, life experiences because they're trapped in like a, a like a psycho house or mm. a, uh, a crazy ward. And so what happens is that I get the whole world or the whole United States of America, everybody's turned, everybody's doppelganger has come out. And it's all because of okay. young Addie or the girl that she had met in the House of Mirrors has found a way to escape from this. And now they're all attacking their human doubles and they're trying to kill their doubles. Okay. So it's it's interesting. The The plot is a little thin. Like this is idea that these doppelgangers come out of a, a nightmare realm to you know kill their their own doppelganger specifically but then they kill other people as well and it it just gets a little weird but the the horror aspect of it is pretty cool there's jump scares there's some pretty gory scenes and it's it's fun but i wasn't really overly impressed Mm. with it uh my my kids were certainly frightened because it was just (laughs) like yeah the idea of these other people who are different versions of yourself coming to take over your lives. There's a pretty big twist at the end. It was almost a little predictable, but I, I won't spoil it. But it, was, it wasn't too bad. I think you may enjoy it as just a straight up fun creep fest. But I, I wouldn't gotta call it. got to be honest, if Doppelganger of Me showed up right away, I'd just assume that I was the bad one. <laughs> well, they make it very clear what's going on with this but the the twist at the end really kind of throws it for a bit of a loop for you as well so it's it's fun it's interesting and i mean obviously it was a critical and commercial success yeah. it made something like 255 million dollars against a 20 dollar 20 million dollar 20 dollar a 20 million dollar budget and jordan peele i mean he's great and they had the performances by all the actors involved just fantastic especially the the main actress addy adelaide who is portrayed by lupita nyongo okay and yeah, so it was, how, it was fun. How, how do you know which one that you're looking at? Do they go spy versus spy? Like one puts on a black trench coat. The other one puts on a white trench coat. Is well, that... they, the, the doppelgangers are all wearing like red jumpers, kind of like well, that, jail, jail jumpers. That makes it easier. Yeah. That so you, you know, easier. you know, who they're, and they're, they're, they're a little more crazy looking uh, like they're, they're the same and they're the same actors, obviously, but they just, they kind of, you know, tussle the hair a bit and, you know, make them look a little downtrodden so do you get paid twice as much for that do you get paid well, for being two actors look uh, probably I not I probably not no I, well yeah it depends on what the union wants but look if, if my doppelganger showed up he's going to work for me i don't care <laughs> and you know yeah maybe we should expect double but at the same time i mean you know i really as long as he brings me home some cash i don't care exactly you have somewhere to be in exactly yeah. one hour yeah get to it i don't care if i don't care if you're trying to attack me with a pair of scissors this seems to be the thing too they all have scissors that they attack everybody with i guess it's i guess it's to represent them cutting the tether as they're called as they are called the tether that only dawned on me right now that just dawned on me right now so now you got to go back and rewatch the entire movie just based on on this one one thought probably not i'll let you do that for me okay yeah i'm still kind of i'm interested yeah, I, I don't ever want to say that. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a critical success. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that it's not good. Like it was enjoyable, but I I had a little hard time, you know, kind of suspending my disbelief, my belief, my disbelief. I jumped in for one other horror movie just because I felt a little bit let down by the right. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. So then I also went and watched The Ritual, which I being 
a middle-aged man that enjoys hiking, I was drawn right into. And quite honestly, I would have, I think I would have rather have seen this movie just finish off as a, a movie about hiking in the mountains. But <laughs> if that sets up, maybe, yeah, yeah, you know what up. it is? <laughs> you know what it is? Is I just, maybe I just don't get scared the same way <laughs> as, <laughs> as I did when I was a kid. It's yeah. more like, oh, really? <laughs> but it, essentially, it is the story of, well, uh, I'm going to say five, five friends, but four of them actually go out on this hike after losing one of their friends after the they had all been out to a pub and the the fifth friend and one of the other guys they they step into a shop to grab some alcohol and it's actually being being robbed at the time when they go in and the the one guy is killed in the robbery now in in a way to kind of remember him they have decided to do this northern sweden hike in in his memory and right off the hop one of the guys he injures his knee well that means the they're out means, he's, the means he's gonna die means he's gonna die is what that well, means in a, yeah you know, exactly. in a horror film he's done the weird thing was he wasn't the first one to die <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you just you assume that it was going to be the first one to die but he wasn't <laughs> so what they do they go off trail they decide to cut through these woods and there was a warning. Soon as they got to the woods, there was a warning. There was a deer, a deer carcass that was hanging up in the woods that was dripping blood down. And there was carvings, like Norris carvings into the trees. Like, dude, there's nothing that says turn around and go the other way than yeah. that. Yeah, that's it. But... <laughs> but no people people in horror movies the characters in horror movies are the dumbest people on earth yeah gotta be, be a little be a little smarter guy uh, common come sense on. guys come on yeah and i mean first thing they think that it's just hunters well they're so i guess what there is there there is an actual oh what a, like a, a norris a norris god or norris demigod that lives in these woods or maybe he's been banished to these woods but is holding hostage over a group of individuals that the the god has marked as as followers and he ends up marking one of the the four guys so at that point well that dude he's he's surviving because he he's now going to be a follower and the other dudes they keep being ripped to ripped to shreds throughout like you know one they shouldn't have gone into the woods two after the first guy dies and you find him hanging up in the tree at that point you all follow the compass and and you head out mm -hmm. but you know they they make all sorts of mistakes <laughs> along the way and up end up being captured by the this Norse god's followers and are being sacrificed essentially and only only the one guy only the one guy makes it out and burns down the forest behind him well that's you know the typical ending to most horror films well, well do you feel it was a horror film yeah yeah, um, because there was actually, there was a creature. Right. It was this, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like part 
alien part moose part human uh like a this gigantic creature out out in the woods so you're actually you're seeing a creature now you don't see the the full creature until closer to the end of the movie but you have an idea that it's definitely definitely there and and you do actually see it so i'm gonna put it i am gonna put it in the horror genre because of that but the scenery was absolutely beautiful and i would have liked to have just seen that movie as four dudes going out and hiking in and, and just and making it with great dialogue yeah and it just could go out in memory of of the friend and they you know throughout the entire movie you kept going back to that memory of the friend and what happened that night in the store when they went in to buy the booze um, because it it's haunting the the one guy that's been marked to, to become part of the well become part of the cult. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I mean, it it was an okay movie, but I might just redo that movie. I might rewrite that movie myself. Yeah. So as an epic hiking buddy movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost it sounds to me a little bit like Deliverance mixed in with what was yeah the, uh, the old Stephen King film. Um, the ones where the kids find the body it's it was based on his book called the body uh stand by me that's what it sounds like to me it's like stand <laughs> yeah, by totally. me yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna redo that movie and when they come to the forest they're gonna hang a louis they're, yeah. they're not going in and when i write it. no no they're they're gonna be smart filled with great dialogue from their end I, th- I think we should we should make a film where you know it builds up to a horror movie and the the characters just get smart and leave yeah, yeah. No, like, you know what? I was just, I was looking for something new. I grew up watching, you know, the, the Freddy movies, the Jason. Yeah, the slasher you know. flicks. Yeah, your Halloween. Because mm. uh, you're Mike Myers. And it just, those were the classics. Yeah. And I was just, I was looking for something new. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of horror films. And I've kind of gone through like uh, cycles and I like, I like them. I like the less less of a thrasher film and more probably I, I might have liked the ritual maybe I like those kind of films I kind of moved away from the slasher flick because a lot of times the slasher flicks are just like jump scares and gore yeah. you know what who can get the best kill and what what is the most gruesome kill they can make right like think of like the Saw franchise for instance yeah so speaking of which this wasn't a slasher flick but it's actually very eerily thematically similar to the one that you just watched and this one was called midsummer and it was a horror film starring uh, florence pugue 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 from black widow fame the uh, sister from the uh, the film black widow uh, oh right i don't remember her name of course now in the film black widow insert uh, but here. yeah insert here her name <laughs> but i i love her as an actress i think i think she was a great actress in, in black widow and a couple other films i've seen her in so i was very happy to see her in this film and so what happens is that it kind of starts off where her character danny is traumatized after her sister kills herself and her parents by filling their house with carbon monoxide mm-hmm. so it really you know obviously very traumatic for for danny who is i believe she's a student at the time so she's a psychology student and she's already having a problem with her boyfriend. Uh, just a distant, he's emotionally distant to her. And so she's struggling and he's he's about to break up with her. But then this tragedy happens. So obviously now he's just kind of hanging on for, for help to, to, well, to support her. And uh, anyway, 
one of the friends, one of their college friends who's Swedish. Yeah, I said Swedish, just like your movie. Oh, that's uh, those, that's the scary part. Those crazy Swedes. Anyway, uh, they she'd been invited. They have been invited. Uh, his friends have been invited to go to the Midsummer Festival in his ancestral commune, the Harga. So, and this is a place in Sweden. And well, she kind of tags along, kind of wanted, not wanted at the same time. Plus, she's still suffering, you know, like the, the trauma, PTSD. And so they head off to Sweden. And apparently there's a big celebration that occurs every 90 years. in A yodeling this- fest? Well, no. No, okay. Definitely no yodeling. It starts off where, it, and it very seems like a very communal type setup where they, they drive, you know, for hours and end up in this big grass field. And there's just these people sitting around in white, white clothes and white dresses and all that stuff sitting in the fields. And they're all experimenting with, you know, my, uh, mushrooms, like psychedelics and mushrooms and stuff like that. It's a white so, party. Yeah. So, of course, they they, uh, they get offered it and they reluctantly, uh, well, Danny, the main character, Florence, uh, she reluctantly agrees to have some tea with uh, the mushrooms in it. And then she goes on a bad trip and she sees her family, her dead family. And it just really perpetuates uh, the idea that she's struggling while she's there. So they, they get and things start to kind of go a little weird as they're hanging out with these people. And it, it's you start to get the sense, OK, that this isn't normal. This is some weird kind of cult action going on. And, but even though their friend Pelé, who is just their Swedish friend, he seems very normal and, and just very friendly and he's overly friendly to Danny. So you get the idea that he's, he really wanted her to be there. And so what ends up happening is the day after their arrival, they witness this event called, they call it the Atastupa or uh, Atastupa. I, I can't say because I'm not Swedish. Atastupa. Atastupa. And where these two elders, they, so so basically how these people in this commune live is that when they reach the age of 75, or sorry, the age of 72, they're useless and they're, they've lived a full life. And it's it not much to be very, different than, than our lives. Yeah. And it, but it just seems that they, they want to go out. The, the elders at this point want to go out on a high note. They don't want to be, you know, confined to a wheelchair. They don't want to be, you know, decrepit. So they commit suicide oh. off the top of a giant cliff. And I mean, that's, that's one way to go. Yeah. In front of the giant group of people who are watching them as they do this, entering this other realm. And oh my God, the gore, the, the lady, the, there, there's two elders. It's, it's a couple, a male and a female. And the lady jumps and she smashes her face off a rock at the very bottom. And they show it up close. They show like her face just like a big mush potato. And then the, the yep. man jumps off and he like lands straight up and down like a spear going in the ground. So his legs are just like all like mangled, but he survives it. So he's sitting there screaming. So they bring a giant sledgehammer over and bash his head in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and it's why all these people, including the newcomers, are all sitting there watching. And it is just, it, I, I put this movie in the, the realms of the human centipede, the Serbian film, in that it's just like, it's not a horror film. It's a creep fest that isn't like overly scary. It's just like everything that happens in it is just like, oh my goodness. It's just, it, it just makes you feel dirty inside. <laughs> and it, like, there's even one scene where this girl takes a liking to Danny's boyfriend. So she does these ancient rituals where she puts her pubic hair in his drink and, or no, in her is his food and her period blood into his drink. Oh, and that's to, to seduce him and right. he ends up he ends up right. going to have sex with her 
uh, well, behind, he's been seduced while well, he's yeah he's been seduced and but i you know she looks like she's like maybe like you know 15 years old and it's just a total creep fest and the end is kind of shocking a little shocking but it's almost a redemption as well for danny's character but not in the way most horror films would end and i'm not going to spoil it it's interesting let's just say it's interesting it was nothing that i expected okay. a great performance a great performance by by florence and a great performance by the whole cast really but yeah it just yeah i'll, I'll still have to check it out anyway you should check you know. it out if, if for anything the the suicide of the uh of the two elders is pretty gruesome and <laughs> funny but gruesome oh man yeah you know may, maybe we didn't hit the mark this year with our horror movies no but uh man there's always next year i might have mm-hmm. to go back to some of the classics well, I did watch uh, as well. I watched Old, which is a M. Night Shyamalan entry, which was probably another creep fest. And I think that one's worth watching. Uh, it's Ooh. an interesting twist to it. M. Night Shyamalan doesn't quite have the same presentation power that he used to, but this one's pretty interesting and creepy. And then the if you have a chance, watch The Squid Game, uh, the Korean uh, show. Uh, oh, the Squid watched Game. One, I've watched one episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. And it's probably closer to the horror genre than anything else we've talked about tonight. Really? Yeah. And just that it's, it's um, well, think of it more like Saw. Like, because I've only seen the first episode and, well, there's a lot of killing in the first episode. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued. I'm well, think intrigued. of it more like my, that. yeah, think of it more like Saw in regards to horror, right? It's not just like necessarily, it's, these people are trapped in these games and, uh, but they're desperate. So they don't really have much of a choice. So it, it's interesting, but it's it's fun. And you kind of grow. And there's a lot of characters that you grow to love. And there's a huge swerve, a huge swerve at the end uh, that oh. you you may. I mean, they kind of hinted at it, but I don't think it was that predictable. So no, I didn't look. Is it is it just one season long? Yeah, it's I think it's nine episodes. Okay. And yeah, I don't know if there I don't know if there's been ideas to, to continue on and to do a new episode, but they certainly can with how how they end it. So, but it's, uh, there's, there's a huge swerve at the end. It's worth watching. It's worth hanging in there for, uh, we watched it dubbed. It's never the best way to watch it, but you want, you wanted the visuals. So to sit there and try to read the, uh, the subtitles would be too difficult. So unless you know Korean and then if you know Korean, then it's probably all right. I actually didn't even realize that there was another version. I, because I just, I hit play and, and it just came in being dubbed over. Well, we re- we initially started watching it with the uh, subtitles, and it okay. was like, oh, we can't pay, we can't pay close enough attention to it. So, yeah, we, it, we I would think over. it would move. It's such a unique, a unique storyline that yeah. you really you'd be just watching the words the entire time and missing everything that was going on in the background. Yeah, and there's such a such a visual element to the show. Yeah, that it makes sense to watch the the dub yeah. version, either that or learn Korean. Either and, yeah, and I mean, Korean is not like a, a very difficult language to learn. So, you know, there's always that option. Right. But I'll tell you, you should at least, you know, give it a chance because I'll tell you one thing. I've watched a lot of Korean horror films and they are by far not even just Korean. I, I could say like Asian horror films in general, Japanese and Korean horror films are some of the craziest, most out there films. And they're the inspiration for a lot of North American films, too. So Learn, learn Korean and watch some Korean horror. And I think maybe maybe that'll be our, our mission for next year. Let's watch some Korean horror. Okay, cool. I'm down. I'm okay. down. I barely do well with my my current, my 
my current language. Um, I, I don't <laughs> um, know that. Don't know I think if I'm going to get another language down be, <laughs> before next year, but I, heck, I, I'm in. I think that's been made very clear on this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we need to give a couple a couple shouts out to some of the original horror movies or TV shows that got us all moving down this uh, yeah. down this oh into Pathway. this genre. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So Scooby Doo. Of course, Scooby Doo. I, in fact, I, have sitting here right in front of me, I have a mystery machine. And you and I also went out and did a photo shoot with my family where we dressed up for Scooby Doo themed photo and in front of my van, which I uh, photoshopped into the mystery machine. Yeah. So every single episode, there is some sort of monster, some sort of creature that is ravaging a town. It, it's your original horror. And there's always a swerve. There's always a swerve always at the end. Swerve. Those meddling kids. Those meddling kids. Every time. <laughs> what about uh, what about early morning, late night? The hilarious house of Frankenstein. Oh wow. yeah, I would. Man, you you got the Wolfman in there who's who's Wolf playing Wolfman Jack, Jack. The thing is, he wasn't even really a main character in in the show. Like it was a it was a sketch comedy based yeah. on horror, and but that's what has stayed in my mind some 35, 40 years later is Wolfman. Well, hey, come on, what about Count Frankenstein or well, Igor? Yeah. Igor is is one that always uh, remind like as a child I loved Igor. Just that rotund man. His name his real name was uh, Fishka Race, and he was. Uh, uh, Doctor or Count Frankenstein's incompetent assistant, but he was just like he had this look about him, like you just felt sorry for him all the time. But what a great show! And for those that don't know, the hilarious house at Frankenstein, it was a, a Canadian television series that was based out of a lo town local to us called Hamilton, and it was just an independent show. And it was like exactly like you know when you, when you watch you know horror movies, and they always have these like late night shows or these shows that they kind of throw back to and it, the hilarious house of frightenstein is probably one of the influences it came out what it was 1971 i think is when it first started yeah apparently and, uh, it's still being played in the u.s and it's uh it's actually available streaming up here on uh, a network uh, tell a network called crave okay uh, st a streaming service called crave it's funny because we talked about this this channel earlier yeah i mean everybody knows crave i'm, I'm sure i I actually don't have the service myself, no. but, <laughs> but it, it's unbelievable that it, a show from the seventies is still, is still playing seventies Canada, which is even bigger. Exactly. Right? But what a great show. I might actually go see if I can find some more episodes of it and just kind of take myself. I still remember, like you said, the Wolfman and he was sitting there and they had the groovy you know, baby and he had the, uh, the, the psychedelic uh, lasers behind him and, you know, like, like tie dye while he was like playing music or, or what he was, you know, disc jockeying. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, those, those were the shows that, yeah. that got us started in this genre. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're great shows and they're funny shows and they weren't scary. So it was easy to watch when you're younger. Also, another one, I just want a quick shout out to Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm -hmm. um, so interesting fact, she just came out as lesbian, just this a couple months ago back in early september she's been in a relationship for 
17 years, I believe it was uh, 17 or 19 years uh, with with a lady. Why this is important is that Elvira, Mistress of the Dark was a, a sexual icon. Yeah. And every man who may never have ever even seen her shows knew who Elvira was. Oh, completely. And like the, the plunging, the plunging gowns with her boobs basically hanging out. The, the bouffant hair. Fame. Yeah, the bouffant hair. And she would and her character, like she played like the this character. So her real name is Cassandra Peterson, 70 years old, and she's still gorgeous at 70 years old. She created this character in 1981 and she was a sexual icon and and men and women alike drooled over her and and she was even married at one point and had a child but then she uh i guess uh, in recent years but she got sick of all those nerds drooling all over her and not not right. to say not to go political the- not to say she didn't choose to be be lesbian but uh, you know no, she uh, no. it was just, it was a shock but it, it, i think it's great that, that Only she's able to come out and it's truly it was truly a character yeah and yeah and she did it so well and she you know, like her character was just a total horn dog and which just made her so appealing to most teenage boys and men and yeah i, I think it's wonderful and she's still a gorgeous gorgeous woman even at 70 years old well, there's and, uh, so many classic actors, actors and producers, directors from, you know, from, uh, I don't know. So what uh, kind of what I'm just thinking probably, oh gosh, probably like the the 1940s, 1950s, even, even 60s. before that. Yeah. Some, some, yeah, of yeah. The first, some of the first films were horror films i mean you think back to lon shaney who was you know they they dubbed him the man of a thousand faces and back he portrayed the hunchback of notre dame in 1923 the phantom of the opera in 1925 like thinking these are silent films but when you see his face like especially the phantom of the opera he is like the classic iconic character and you recognize him and not realizing that that film is from 1925 yeah yeah no that's that's crazy. Yeah. So he's probably, I'd say he's maybe even the granddaddy, but Bella Lugosi as well. In 1927, he was uh, Count Dracula and he eventually, uh, I believe, was it, was he, he, well, he was always Count Dracula. He's a classic looking Dracula character. Who was it that, I'm trying to think of uh, the other film that he had done. I don't know if it was Bella Lugosi or Lon Chaney or it could have been somebody else altogether. I'm just trying to think of the other person yeah like i mean he was really he was really typecast because yeah. because of his accent who is it the, the original vampire i don't remember the name of the original vampire um oh i, I wish just, i could remember it there was like uh, i just always thought dracula was was mm-hmm. the original vampire i didn't know that there was even a vampire that that came before dracula there was a uh not nosferatu nosferatu that's what it was 1982 uh i guess it was it was matt i guess it was max shrek was yeah so max shrek okay i didn't realize that i for some reason i always thought that was bella lugosi hmm. so but yeah nosferatu is 1922 film so again we're looking at like how far back we're we going that this genre has been around yeah so, everybody from our age our age group remembers the Bauhaus song bella lugosi's dead that mm-hmm. song goes on for over nine minutes and it's just about bella lugosi and, and, and that's crazy. Yeah, and kind of his and his creepiness. Yeah. I shouldn't now, say about his creepiness. It's 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 trying to give you it's trying to give you the feeling of the characters that that he played. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and not only that, I mean, like it just it just goes to show that the character is like how good of a job he did in portraying those characters and and basically ingraining them into our culture and our minds. Speaking of which, what about Vincent Price? Now, oh yeah, I, I mean, if you if you've seen Michael Jackson's Thriller, you'll recognize that voice. Did you also remember that such he a was creepy voice? Such a creepy. He was the epitome of a horror. The horror guru, the the crypt keeper. He he was he looked like he was what every film kind of based all their sinister people off of was Vincent Price and his little pencil mustache and his raised eyebrows and that yeah. voice. That voice is just so terrifying. Anytime like it wasn't it. even Michael Jackson's thriller video. It it wasn't just that that was that was creepy. But you listen to that album. That mm-hmm. that's a scary thriller is a scary song and it has to do with him and in his voice yeah exactly and then like he even does that bridge part the the uh the stanza in the middle of that song and talking about it did you know uh, a kind of a bit of a throwback here did you realize that vincent price showed up in the house of frankenstein on, on a few occasions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i did know that actually <laughs> i i'm not gonna lie not not a word of a lie but there were times when Vincent Price was on there where I, I that was, and the show was not a creepy show. It was a fun romp, right. but Vincent Price added that flair of creepiness to it that mm-hmm. it needed to really call it a haunted house of Frankenstein. He also played Egghead in, in Batman. Oh, that's in right. The, in the television series. I forgot about that. So maybe not a, a horror character, but he, he plays all these different characters well, and the voice i mean it doesn't matter what yeah. you say the voice and he died at 82 so he lived a long solid life i mean certainly longer than the people in that movie uh, that i watched midsummer but <laughs> <laughs> i'm also kind of thinking alfred hitchcock well you know like, no list he's the no master list. of suspense yeah. master of suspense and Honestly, besides Scooby-Doo, and may even have been before Scooby-Doo, is when I saw my first horror movie, The Birds, the by birds. Alfred Hitchcock. I remember The Birds, yeah. Like, he's, he's done Dial M for Murder, Psycho, he did The Birds, and a whole other slew. But The Birds is not a movie that a kid that has just finished grade one should be watching. No, but that's, when, that's for sure. But when you barely get three channels, and and this is what happens to be on on a Sunday afternoon, well, you you sit there and you watch the birds. I couldn't walk down my driveway <laughs> after watching that movie as a kid, as there'd be birds up in the trees, and I was certain I was I was done for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The birds was creepy, and I remember I'm. I'm almost positive that that was my mother's most hated film as in she just, it creeped her right out oh, yeah. and she definitely didn't like it, but we I still always, can't watch it to this day. We always had late night movie festivals in, in my household, but my dad worked midnight shift. We'd stay up sometimes and watch planet of the apes, or we'd watch an Alfred Hitchcock presents one of his shows. And he had kind of a, this, this show where he just introduced like a, I almost say it's like a Twilight Zone type show where it just has these weird little themed short films or or serials where he would just, you know, go on and he would introduce them and then he would do the outro of the film. And it was it was great, a great show uh, that turned into like the, the anthologies and stories they wouldn't let me do on TV. And it was just as great, great television, great entertainment. And even so much so that 
they have a silhouette of him in his production company where when you see it, you go, that's Alfred Hitchcock. You just know, you yeah. know by that round belly and that pointy nose and the bald head, that's, that's an Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, no, there is no list that could not include him when you talk about the horror, the Halloween, the thriller genre, more so than Sir Alfred. And he's a Sir Alfred Hitchcock, mind you. Sorry. Sorry. That's um, <laughs> I was thinking of maybe some of the other iconic actors from from like the the 30s 40s and boris karloff also came came to mind Absolutely. he he played frankenstein's monster yeah and the dude he always always demanded top billing even even though some points like for example Bella lugosi would would play next to him and would have the the lead role boris still got the uh, he was still the 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 title guy on the on the films on the posters he's he the top of the credits yeah yeah well, he, he was the biggest horror actor of the time yeah and i mean he he was he lent his name to even like comic books and books and other films like boris karloff presents kind of stuff yeah and i mean we think boris karloff presents grim fairy tales or whatever it was in comic books, but he's oh, he'll always be known as the, the epitome of Frankenstein, but and the mummy as well. Don't forget the mummy, yeah, the original mummy from 1932. Well, this goes and shows you too, like Frankenstein came out in 1931, and then on top of that, and this is many, many years later 30, 35 years later, where he was the voice of the Grinch, yeah, and the, and the voice of, I guess, Dr. Zeus in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And so, I mean, how can we not remember that voice back in the day? Right? Yeah. Obviously, modern people or, or, or younger, the younger generation remember Jim Carrey as the Grinch, but we grew up with, you know, Boris Karloff voicing the Grinch. That's right. That's right. But it was a cartoon back then. Whereas, yeah. you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was still, a, still it, to be honest, my favorite holiday cartoon. It was still a very, very creepy cartoon. Oh, totally totally well who else do we have on our list here we have uh, well i guess that oh, pretty much covers them but what, what about Ghosty. modern what about modern what about wes craven who created was he did he create saw i don't think don't remember if he created saw i don't but know i created... one of the classics is the the dudes that i was that i was thinking of but well wes craven um, uh, created nightmare on elm street okay he also those were some of my favorite movies my favorite were. horror movies they up. were my favorites. Uh, yeah. Oh, Scream. He also recreated Scream, which has a new movie coming out. And it brings back all the, well, brings back Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell to it. The Hills Have Eyes. Wes Craven is, uh, was it Hellraiser? Did he also do Hellraiser? I have to double check. Know. Last House on the Left. Let's the go Hills to his have wiki. Eyes. Nightmare on Elm Street. Serpent in the Rainbow. Shocker. That was the other one I was thinking of. Not to Hellraiser. Shocker. So that was the one where uh, the guy gets electrocuted the the murderer gets electrocuted and then comes back to life is that the dude with all the pins coming out of his head no that would be that would be the hellraiser oh that's hellraiser, hellraiser. okay yeah. so his name is pinhead oh you're early enough but i mean freddy krueger i mean still well it doesn't give me nightmares anymore but gave me nightmares into my uh, my mid-30s <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, uh, I guess uh, unfortunately he died uh, of a uh, brain tumor recently or i oh. guess not recently in 2015 uh, when he was 76 which i didn't realize but i mean said many actors and fellow directors paid tribute to him you know bruce campbell obviously uh nev campbell john carpenter another another famous horror director courtney cox 
Johnny Depp, Robert Anglin, who was Freddy Krueger, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was, uh, she, she started in a few horror films and was Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV. Chrissy Swanson, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, I mean, there's, I mean, Wes Craven definitely left a mark. And I'd say he'd probably be one of the more modern godfathers of horror. And Did I you know that, just a, a sidestep here. Yeah. Did you know that we went to school with Nev Campbell? Uh, high school. You, you went to school with Nev Campbell. Okay. I did not. She okay. left. She left high school. She's from our hometown of Guelph, and uh, she, but she left school at sixteen to go to Toronto to pursue her acting career. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I mean, it worked. I'll out be honest. I, I I didn't know her back no. then, but we never we never crossed paths. But I was I was just curious if if you would actually knew her. Yeah, I, I did not know her, but uh, I I was I was infatuated with her. I did love her. Yeah, I think uh, she may have been just a couple years younger than I was, but not, not that, uh, not that far off. So like, well, she still made, oh, uh, man, she still actually, managed to, to, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, she's actually, uh, she's a 73 baby. So yeah, gosh, she's, uh, we may have even shared classes. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she, and she, she is returning for the new scream film scream five. I think it is. I don't nice. remember anymore, but she, uh, she still looks young. She still looks very young. Totally. And uh, looks she looks great. Yeah, she looks great. And uh, I'm so I'm super proud of her because she's from Guelph, as well as the fact that she's a big advocate for Tourette's syndrome because uh, her brother suffers from Tourette's. So she's been a big advocate for research and Tourette's and stuff like that mm -hmm. as well. Uh, her film career hasn't really been the biggest. I mean, she was in a few films and she was in that TV show, Party of Five. I don't know that she's really needed to work that much considering no. how long Party of Five was on, yeah. on the air. And, and then and the, the great commercial success of Scream, for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, if you look at everything that she's done overall, like if you look at it as, as a whole, she's actually been working fairly regularly. Yeah. But you just... You, I mean, she's she's done so much, but it, you know, she doesn't come to mind as doing as much as she's actually done. You know, you think of Party of Five, you think Scream, and there's this big hole in between. But if you look at everything that she's done, like honestly, you, you're you're scrolling, you're scrolling to to see how much how much she's actually acted in. So. Yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's done more than just acting as well. Like she's done a lot of production and behind the scenes kind of stuff. I think she was mm. directing for a bit too. I could be wrong. I could be mixing up, but I do know that. Uh, I mean, she's obviously, like you said, she's kept very busy. Yeah. Hmm. No, so, I I wasn't prepared to uh, be talking Nev Campbell tonight. But you know what? You know <laughs> you know what? Though she was in Scream, so it still maintains part of our. She was in another movie too. There was it was a thriller with uh, Denise Richards. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was uh, the boyfriend was a murderer or something like that. And so it's still a little bit of uh, the horror thriller type thing going on with Nev Campbell. So Nev Campbell is my pick for horror icon of tonight. Nice. So <laughs> who is Speaking the of most badass monster? The most badass monster. Vampire ever mummy werewolf witch i i don't know what i think first and foremost will always be the vampire whenever you watch a film uh where they have they cross genres you know whether it's like you know a van helsing type instance film where you have vampires and werewolves and and witches and whatever, whatever i think a werewolf is good for like a jump scare sort sort yes. of thing but in terms of like if 
if I'm battling them, much like Superman versus Batman, and uh, you know, I, I'm putting them head to head, my money's on vampire. I'm not scared of werewolves. I'm not that there's no werewolf that has ever scared me in the history of werewolves. No, if there, if there is technically a history of werewolves, sure. Uh, in fact, and I can say, you know what, I can honestly say, and w- without a shadow of a doubt, that the werewolf from the haunted house of Fr- the hilarious house, not the haunted house, the hilarious house of Frightenstein, is probably why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on, he's, the wolf man, the DJ, he's the DJ <laughs> to my life, to my That's life right. soundtrack. That's right. So I'm not scared of werewolves because thank you to the wolf man from the hilarious house of Frightenstein. I just, I'm not intimidated by, by werewolf, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, and it, it takes a lot to kill a vampire werewolf. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't think it takes a lot to do it. Oh, um, what, uh, what was his name? There was a, like a werewolf movie back in the eighties with Michael J. Fox oh, yes, and yes, he's uh, surfing on top of yeah, a school yeah. bus or, or a I, van or something like that. What the heck were those I mean, we, we just talked about oh, Teen, Teen Wolf. It was Teen called Wolf. Teen Wolf. Yeah. I was just I thinking, mean, we, we just talked about this recently what's too. What's scary so. about that? All right. Right. Now, what, what's maybe. What's tough about that? <sighs> maybe American Werewolf in London. Maybe might have been for for maybe the generation before us because i know my, my dad used to always talk about but who's going to win that fight vampires so, winning I that mean, fight dracula is still going to kick his ass yeah totally uh, he's dracula have you ever seen the tv show true blood yeah 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 it's been and a that, long time yeah. but see that's got all types of characters as well and again who is really the not characters sorry but uh creatures or monsters mm-hmm. again who wins the day it's the vampires yeah. Uh, even when you watch spoofy spoofy movies where it's like you know Dracula and and the Mummy and uh, whoever are teaming up, Dracula is always leading the charge. Yeah. Uh, even think of uh, a silly uh, uh, what was the uh, Hotel Transylvania? Guess who's in charge? The vampire. Even the vampire. Is, even if it is Adam Sandler, it's still you know, vampire. He's he's the, still in charge. He's still in they, charge. The the werewolves, the mummies. They know to fall in line. No, I, think, I mean, having said that, though, a, a mummy. Well, I've never found them particularly scary. They are undead. Yeah. So, I, but I don't think they ever really. I mean, you and I play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And the undead were some of the most miserable characters, like most miserable enemies. I mean, next to dragons, the undead were were always the, the thorn in your side when you played Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, how many zombies and race and rights or whites i guess they call the whites and uh, did would always take you out or goblins or ghouls would always take you out but when it comes to the mummy i i'm with you they're never really that scary no. and i don't know if it's just and because, they move so slow yeah and their hands if, are always lurching well that, that's that's the typical scooby-doo they lurch style for, style lurch mum, mummy right yeah, they just, you know, they're barely walking. They're, they're like, they're like the zombies, right? Like when you watch like the Walking Dead, who zombie? 15 Vampires. Minutes, 15 are minutes just later, you finally get the zombie. Are so fast. That's right. Like and they're disappearing. They're reappearing. They're turning into bats. They're flying all around. A mummy. They're just so slow. Well, and the and the vampire has the added power of looking normal, having the ability to seduce you. 
with his eyes or with some words and i think well, it's really just that slick back hair that they always got going be. on it's the the bat he's got the batman motif going on where you know he's got lots of money he's got a huge house and you know he can seduce you with the wink of an eye before did he I sucks mean, your blood did i mention i have a castle exactly like, who's come not on. gonna fall for that lie come meet my uh butler igor mm-hmm. and uh He'll fix you up with some yeah, food. Yeah, I really, you know, I think the the vampire is probably the king of of all monsters. Probably, I mean, even think of like some of the the most successful horror flicks. I mean, you think of like Anne Rice's Interview with a Vampire, mm-hmm. and just the the mystique behind the character, and you know, well, let, let's even go one step further, and you know, shoot me if you want twilight think of how successful twilight was yeah uh, even even as even as mummy walmart porn yeah i didn't read the books i didn't watch the movies you probably shoot me for that but yeah i mean nobody's really gonna care what what i think Let, let's be honest well, but well um yeah no. it's it's always the vampires exactly and i mean even even the werewolf even the werewolf the sexy werewolf with the the six-pack jacob or whatever his name was in twilight couldn't get it past the vampires i mean when it came to seducing when it came to seducing that whole (laughs) yeah well yeah they're always in great shape because they're they're running around all night eating protein Mm -hmm. uh but only during a full moon and that's the other thing only during the full moon vampires the vampires 365 nights a year right werewolf is four times well i guess what how how often you probably get a full moon once a month i I don't know how many 12 12 times a year yeah like how how's how is the werewolf supposed to compete? Right, you I you mean, can't. You're only turning it, a few times a year. And what if he's a teen wolf? I mean, yeah, you know, well, he's just not as tough at that point. No, and I mean, he may just and if he looks like the teen wolf did, then you just punch him in the face. Yeah, that'll probably put him down. He'd be like Scrappy Doo. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes Scrappy Doo. Nobody likes know. Teen Wolf. Well, people like Teen Wolf because Teen Wolf was a funny movie, I think. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't remember. It was the 80s. Everything was yeah. funny back in the 80s. Oh, exactly. exactly. So so do you have uh, a favorite, let's say, out of all of the, the, the monsters that we named, do you have a favorite maybe portrayal? I know you're not as big into the horror films, yeah. the classic horror films as I am, but yeah. do you have a favorite portrayal? I, I don't know that I do, to be honest. Like, I always enjoyed the characters. I think the the one that stood out to me was when who's our actor from Speed? Uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, when Keanu Reeves, I believe he played Vel Hansing. Vel Van Van Helsing. Vel Hansing. I can't even pronounce it. Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Van Helsing. When he yeah. played Van Helsing. Did he play um, Van Helsing? I think he did. I assume that he did. Just only because he definitely wasn't Dracula. And uh, so what, that... I'm just that, trying to think of what movie what was he in that he played that. Yeah, no. I, With the actual movie Van Helsing? No, okay. no, not the actual movie Van Helsing. Oh, he was Van Helsing in the Dracula. Oh, the old Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That's so, actually... I'm glad you brought that one up because I totally forgot about that film. Yeah, like I'm not a huge fan fan of his particularly mm-hmm. I, like i think he he does great action movies but that is one of the 
vampire movies that really stood out to me growing up Mm -hmm. how about yourself man i think i'm gonna go way out here and i'm going to say that probably the same era perhaps Mm -hmm. well maybe not uh no no i guess obviously a lot later true blood the vampire portrayals in true blood they did a really good job they did a great job yeah and i really liked i really liked alexander skarsgård's portrayal in true blood and what was the name of his actor eric i forget all the names yes eric Eric northman eric northman and then deborah ann wool who was jessica uh was who she was uh, you might know most notably she was the redhead from true blood Mm -hmm. uh well even i'm just looking at the list like Kristen bauer von stratton who's pam some of those my honestly that show and it might have been cheesy at times, but it was kind of like had the allure of the X-Files. In that I was a had, Suki fan. Yeah, you were well, we actually named one of our cats Suki uh, after her. Suki, uh, what was the name? What was the, the full character? Suki Stackhouse, which was actually based on a bunch of novels, by the way. Oh. Because um, it was uh, the adventures or the, the stories of Suki Stackhouse is what it was called. And then they brought it to TV as True Blood. There were so many great portrayals of vampires in that show that... To this day, I will probably say that, I mean, any of those actors, any of the, the, the great portrayals of vampires in that show were some of the best. Yeah. And if I might get, I might get laughed at about it. I, but you know what? I don't, I don't think, show, I don't think you will quite honestly. Like it, it was a really well-produced show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty cool storyline. It's and probably love- the, one of the better portrayals of vampires and werewolves in particular. And it was it was inclusive. Like I mean, we we had we had black, we had homosexuals, so LGBT were like were, you know, like prominent in it. And it was just it was everybody it was, can be a vampire. Anybody can be a vampire, and like it was part of like every one of their characters, their their identity was, was important to the role. And it just I don't know, like it, it wasn't Twilight. It wasn't silly Twilight, even though there was a lot of romance in it. But then they also didn't have to hold back on it, right? Like there was, I mean, it got 7.8 out of 10 on, on the IMDb ratings. Yeah. It uh, was definitely a rated R show for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know what? Plenty of probably, violence and gore and nudity. And I mean. Probably a show I might go back and, and watch, to be yeah. honest. Now that, that we bring it up. Yeah. I'd totally forgotten about True Blood. And if you haven't seen True Blood, like the, the thing is, is that the, the major plot is that humans and the supernatural world are living together. There's a set of rules that vampires have to play by. They have a special drink. that So instead of sucking blood, instead of killing humans, they had these special drinks. And it was basically people just dealing with the idea that, you know, they're bloodthirsty monsters all around them at all times in this little community. And I can't remember, it was a Southern Louisiana community near New Orleans. I don't think it was in New Orleans, but it was near New Orleans. And it was just, oh, the, the, the concept was great. And it was just a fun, a fun show to watch. And, you know, it had serious moments, but for the most part, it was just like, it was just a great fun romp. And there was no holds barred. There's blood, guts, nudity, lots and lots of nudity. You know what? That, uh, Gosh, that pretty much sounds like every episode of How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. <laughs> I love it. Way to swing that in. Excellent. Way to way to shut it down. Thanks, buddy. Great show as always. Yeah, and really enjoyed it, bud. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. See you next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
How to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement, has partnered with Patreon. So you can help support the podcast for as little as $3 a month and get access to exclusive content. Visit patreon.com forward slash how to survive the modern world to see how you can become a pod pal or even the pod god. Oh.